0: Did you guys hear about this hurricane over in Louisiana? Yeah. You know what its name is?
1: <laughs> Barry? I'm taking it down.
0: <laughs> I'm going to burn the whole place. I got the other bells, and we're just going to, like, spin around each other really fast. and We're going to get all the ocean water up in the sky, and we're going to laugh at it and make it fall on Louisiana. <laughs> taking it down. Yeah, dude. Scott. I saw that this morning. It's Hurricane Barry, and I was like... Fuck yeah. You guys That's just, really good orange juice. You guys want to see it some is.
2: footage from Hurricane Barry? I just want only if it's got Barry in it, it would make his arms go like this. So is this hurricane, is it like kind of standard for hurricanes around there? Or is oh it no, it's or? made out of
3: bears.
0: <laughs> we're
2: not, it's, oh yeah, we're not,
3: not
0: like making it. I mean, we're making it, but it's, we just live in the clouds and laugh as it falls. <laughs> i me.
1: Says, oh gosh.
0: Welcome to a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode 138. The Pacific Northwest premier pop culture comic book podcast um, where every Tuesday we get a whole bunch of comic books from UPS we count them, sort them, love them, have a ton of fun upstairs, <clears throat> filing them away for everybody, it's a great thing um, then we go back home with all those books that we're super excited about and we read a lot of them, like sometimes it's a shocking amount of comic books and then we come back and we'll record <laughs> a podcast here at the comics place um, the the Pap Cave in the Sky. Oh. Justin, I don't think you've been up in the upstairs recording since the, the Pap Cave, right? Just once. Okay, you were up here post Pap Cave. You did do one? I think I did one. Okay. Did one. So now you we're did on did the, did one. The, the the Pap house. Um we could do a lot of intros. We'll do that, but we really need to get to Django's fortune cookie that he just opened. What's mm-hmm. the fortune? Yeah. He was worried about doing it pre podcast. He said it maybe an after thing, and be then fun. he opened it.
1: My fortune is <clears throat> Don't lose track of your feelings.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Poignant for Django. Yeah. And particularly important when recording these vulnerable casts, is what we call them. Volni casts. What? Vodacast.
1: What are feelings?
0: Exactly. They're I'm like, Jeff, and I'm waist deep in a feeling sandwich at any given time. They're like
3: thoughts, but they're irrational, and they don't always make a whole lot of sense. And they don't and, go away very easy. Yeah, no. The more you try to make them go away, the more they stay. Sometimes they le- you got to work through them. Other times you ignore them. Ringing a bell?
2: No. Oh. You often repress them? Yeah, sometimes they just they
3: they're the thing inside you that says,
2: Leave that stack right there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just leave it right there. Just put it right there. Anywhere. All the way. It could be anywhere, anywhere. Can be a...
1: I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Django, and I'm just gonna let you guys take care of these things. It sounds like you got a pretty good handle on I'll, my feelings. I'll, I'll regulate your feelings.
0: <laughs> Django, we're sad right now. What's that? Exactly. <laughs> it's that l- okay. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Straighten your shoulders.
3: Th- th- all right, Django. close your eyes. How many stacks do you see?
1: None. I left them all downstairs. Let's uh, talk about those <laughs> stacks of his money that he got. <laughs> oh. I'm rich. And is this a three-wheel
0: vehicle? No. We no. can't drive a three-wheeler. No. I don't even have the price and proper licensing for that.
2: Yeah, Roman's here too. Oh. oh
0: God. My God, those boys are... Pretty. Those are uh, four pretty boys. Yeah, look at Roman's chest. I'm, oh, every day of my life. You, you can see it is, through is, that is Harry silk feeling? shirt he's wearing. Yeah.
2: Harry's a feeling, right? Oh, cool. yeah. Sweet. Harry,
0: Sweet. Harry is, oh. That's my main feeling. Yeah,
3: that's your, your one of your go-to That's emotions. my main
0: feeling as I run my fingers through his chest mane.
1: I know yeah. feelings. I'm bumpy.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're bumpy
1: bear. I'm bumpy bear. <laughs> we're going to spoil some comics. Uh, we're going to talk about Second Coming, number one. Batman Universe, number one. Unearth number one. Number one. Hmm. Number <clears> one. <throat> Invisible Woman number one. Outer Darkness number eight. Black Hammer Justice League Hammer of Justice number one. But that's not all. We're also <laughs> going to talk about some other number ones. We're going to talk about Giant Size Ecstatics number one, and uh, Batman number seventy four. I wish I was in touch enough with my feelings to uh, say the number one 74 times in a row right now as a gag, but uh, you're welcome, everybody. I
0: think that you're pretty in touch with your feelings, and that's why you're not going to do that. Is
1: that not not how it works? Let's talk about
0: feelings. Gassy. What was your feeling about Second Coming, number one, written by Mark Russell, art by Richard Pace, somebody I wasn't really familiar with. No. Nope. And then Leonard Kirk is the finisher on the Earth pages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got finisher, not enough of these because there weren't enough of these ordered. This was originally a uh, Vertigo book that was going to come out from DC. And there would have been enough of them ordered if that order had gone through. But those items were all canceled. And this book was re by Ahoy Comics, who we've talked a fair amount about on this comic uh, podcast. I ordered about three times as many of this book as I've ordered of any other Ahoy Comics book, and we sold out.
1: And it's really good.
0: And because it's really, really
3: good.
1: It's Mark Russell, it's a really easy pitch, and it's a really good comic.
0: Justin, was this your pick of the week? It was hashtag my pick of the week. On a week of comics where Outer Darkness was out. I know. And a Bun book. And a Bun
3: book, and a Jeff Lemire uh, superhero book.
0: Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And something with universe in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you, you think about it? What's the, what's the context for this? I think this is a book that was talked about and pitched a while back, and we um, love Mark Russell. That was what Jenga was just saying a few days ago. Uh, it's, his, it's his teacher, teacher comic book. What do
1: mm-hmm. y'all think? Two thumbs way up. All right, so Batman Universe. <laughs> wait, 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 oh. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> feelings. Oh, feelings. This made
3: me feel feelings. It made me feel feelings. It made me feel warm, mm-hmm. but like in an inside way. In a way that wasn't like heat, but like good.
1: All right, so the setup is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I just drew a total blank. The setup is that God created man. God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, and then eventually he went down to hang out with the people. He thought that they were kind of dinks. He came up all pissed off, and Jesus, uh, Jesus, his son, who's just hanging out like on the couch or in the beanbag, um, says, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down there and hang out with them." And when after Jesus is crucified, he comes back up. Wait, what happened to Jesus? Jesus got crucified. <laughs> <He> got, Jesus, <coughs> yeah. Um, he comes back up into I heaven and God's everybody. like he, he says alright it's cool just... like I did this thing for, for the people to teach him something I gotta go back I told him I'd be right back and, and God basically grounds him and doesn't let him go back down for 2000 years when he finally sends him back down to live with a superhero who's I, I couldn't think of a real good uh, allegory for who that superhero is like He's like kind of supermanish powers, yeah. but he's a little bit meaner than Superman, like he throws bad guys through windows, and it's like if if Batman was Superman, not a bad guy, but uh not, he's like
3: Superman if he knew he was cool, yeah like he's he's a little into himself he's a little he's a little douchey, may I say,
1: oh, I agree, yeah, um,
3: but I like that, I like that, you know, um he's very uh, apollo
2: like he's. He, I like I liked him, and I really liked <clears throat> that God is a jerk Yeah. God, when he's watching. And after Jesus comes back up after being crucified, God, God's just like, "What's wrong with you? You you made it thirty three years, and you let them do that to you? What are you, you an idiot?" Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he's not super mean spirited though. No, no, he's just kind of an abrupt dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So what I really liked about this issue was the angle of characterization that Mark Russell decided to take with all of these characters. And I think that was my biggest question going into this, is this just gonna be a good old classic Mark Russell goof-em-up? Or is it, he started with two illustrated books, God is Disappointed in You and- uh,
1: Apocrypha Now.
0: Apocrypha (laughs) Now, and they're basically colloquial retellings of the Bible with illustrations. And he's also a college professor so he's super learned and does care a lot about religion. Do you know what he teaches in college? I don't. I think English. Okay. Um probably, but I I, I don't know. Um and I loved that God, like more than anything, was just super human. Which made sense because if god humans are created in God's image mm-hmm. and but like you know, more than being a jerk, he was like kind of insecure and clingy and needy. You know, like he wanted them to be friends, but he also had these irrational demands. So I really liked that. And then I also really liked Jesus' characterization where he's kind of funny, but he also says pretty poignant things. And I left this issue feeling like there was some pretty intense, not intense, but some very extreme moments of poignancy and like heartfeltness.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. When um, Jesus is hanging out with the superhero who's What's his superhero name? Did we ever learn it? I
3: think
2: Sunstar. Sunstar. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's a that's a good name. That's clever. Yeah. Um, when they're hanging out, and the first time Jesus sees a cross, he's like, "What is that?" Yeah. And and, and the superhero starts explaining it, and Jesus is like, "That's what you took from." Well, first he says trigger warning, because this <laughs> yeah. is a horrible traumatic mm. thing for him, and he's like, "This is what." You people think is important about me about my message was the fact that I died on one of those? No, you're missing the point.
0: So as you know, Jesus's second coming is happening in 2019. And yeah, it's just it's it was really funny, but the write-up at the end was just mm. this awesome the the write-up at the end really framed the whole thing for me perfectly and and really got down to what he was trying to do and what the tone of it was and answered the question of was it canceled or was Vertigo just going under and, you know, it was just, it was too risque for him and they put this thing out and I'm so glad it's not a Vertigo book because I think that, you know, when we saw the the tree with the, you know, the knowledge of good and evil, which...
1: Which is dicks and uh oranges <laughs> Pach- with vaginas them. on them <laughs>
0: I, I was just super super in love with it and Django and i like we're both like well, what was your pick this week and both of us were like well second coming
1: i like uh after sunstar breaks up the pokemon ring and like he throws everybody through the window he comes out to deal with all the bad guys he threw through the window and he's like, "Oh, where'd they go and jesus is like i healed them yeah and i have a conversation about like well you, you can't just do that you like you can't heal people just because they're in pain and she's like why not Well, because some people are evil. But why are they evil? Well, usually because they're in pain, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's
0: such a Mark Russell bit of dialogue.
3: Yeah, just like a circular logic. And
1: just like, that's true.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, most of us are doing not things out of trying to be evil, but doing out of things in pain. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, good job, Ahoy. For sure. Uh, What are you guys' scores? I give this one a nine and a half.
0: I would go a nine and a half. Also, that feels good to me.
3: Yeah, I feel like nine and a half. It's early for a ten, but damn, it was a really good comic.
2: Romans oh. it. Doing... i <laughs> I'm gonna give it a ten. Oh, oh
3: you can see in his eyes.
0: What's <laughs> oh, a smelly gooey duck right there? You've been waiting oh. for that one in the ocean for a while. Oh, I wish that salt water. That, that done was, something it was it to... was the
2: comic of the week that that had moments that made me like. Like
1: Yeah, yeah, that's oh wow, that's 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 I would definitely say right Comic there. of the Week. Batman Batman Universe, number one.
0: By Brian Bendis and Nick Darrington. <laughs> colors by Dave Stewart.
1: Of course. Mm-hmm. So here's sure. just the,
0: the real quick rundown on this. We talked a little bit on the Superman issue, but this is one of the Walmart-exclusive books that DC was going to be putting out that were these large 100-page things that 90 of those pages were... I think there were 100 pages, 90 pages were reprints, and they would do 10 pages of new stuff in each one, and this is the Bendis Batman one that they're reprinting for comic shops because retailers um, were really, really, really upset about it. Django and I are pretty uh, publicly not that upset about it. <laughs> but I am really pumped that they reprinted this like this because I loved reading it, and like Justin showed me Nick Darrington art before he had started Doom Patrol, you know, like, when it was announced, and. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite, you know, top ten probably comic book artists and he just doesn't do much.
1: He was my artist of the year when we did our oh, yeah. year end review. Between the Doom
0: Patrol and the Mr. Miracle covers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, and you say this is the, the Bendis Batman. This is the Nick Darrington Batman. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Like Bendis's Bendis' bit was fine. Um but the what really shone for me was the art.
3: I actually quite liked the writing, I did, too. I was (laughs) really (laughs)
0: curious what you thought about the writing, Justin.
3: Yeah, I'm not on record like a Bendis guy, but and I was really, like, coming from a Grant Morrison perspective or even now a Tom King perspective, like, it's hard for me to picture a lighthearted Batman at all. Like, I have no frame of reference for that, so I was like, that's going to suck. And this is not, like, super light, but... Yeah, I was curious if you felt like it was lighthearted. I felt like it was lighthearted, but I don't think it's, like, Care Bears Lighthearted Yeah Um, But It reminded me I forgot there are Lighthearted Batman stories That I really like Like Batman the Brave And the Bold Was a really really Funny cartoon Um, There were Some really cool Other Batman cartoons
0: That this really Really reminds me of Kevin Smith It was a little annoying As a Batman for me Not bad But kind of a little Annoying-ish but yeah, you know, th- there's not been a ton of lighthearted Batman.
3: Batman can be fun. He doesn't always have to be super dark and ser- why so serious or super <laughs> introspective, you know. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I felt like I got to read the Batman that I'm familiar with.
0: The first two pages of this book are... F- uh, each page is divided into six panels... Three on top, three on bottom, and it's all first-person's perspective. Batman in the Batmobile, and then like opening up the roof and shooting up there, not with heroin, with his grappling gun, <laughs> and flying through the air and going by someone's you know window, and then diving down with this Riddler gang, and then it goes this beautiful full-page play- spread of him like diving down into the city, and it never, uh, never is not amazing the entire time.
1: The thing I liked about those first two pages is that uh, it's just the ways that. Nick Darrington came up with to show Batman's face the reflections yeah Yeah. and and like his windshield reflection and the reflection of the, the window very cool
3: while batman universe didn't have batman in space the night sky in these oh, early pages how he does that. stars is so cool oh yeah it's just like little blotch yeah it looks
0: justin's on record is liking a toothy batman oh, he, yeah. Uh, oh yeah i really liked how nick Darrington showed like five o'clock shadow batman and oh, it reminded yeah. me of frank quietly's <laughs> uh line work very very much
1: yep yep that chin
2: so what, yeah, was the, yeah, what was the what was sorry? Go ahead. And there's even a little bit of Paul Pope too in a couple of these. Oh, for sure. These yep. Panels.
0: The Deathstroke bit was great too because, like, man, everything in comics are better when you're really enjoying how the artist represents everything. Like, you can take yeah. a, an okay story and make it great by having fantastic art. And this was more than an okay story. But what was this story?
1: The Riddler had a heist. Um, where there's like a Riddler flash mob, and Batman thinks that the Riddler's behind it, but it turns out that the Riddler was kind of a patsy in the whole thing. And uh, he follows the he follows the mystery of uh, what's going on to meet Ginny Hex, which is Jonah Hex's great great granddaughter or whatever. I love that sneaky, sneaky way. That was, I I did too.
2: Because this read like so. This was probably her first appearance.
1: Yeah. It. it it definitely was her first and appearance, and that
0: is what l- created the biggest stink about the Walmart books. Is right. all these retailers were like, "Why would you make the first appearance of a character in these books?" And I felt so bad because Dan Didio cannot read every single book that goes across his desk. Like if he's got writers that he trusts doing a thing, yeah, this looks good, Brian. I'm never going to edit your story. I'll yeah. put it out there.
1: They don't. Yeah, they don't know us. They they don't know us. Right the first appearance of everything heads up returnability yeah yeah we're also it's a way to sell this book Walmart at Walmart right.
3: at some point retrospectively yeah. you know yeah. if you're anyway, trying to make a book mean something yeah
1: turns out that the Riddler's been uh, kind of duped and used and Deathstroke appears and Green Arrow appears it's just a good uh, good punch him up yeah romp. romp I really
3: like action I don't always think that action is like dumb like some people are like, oh, action's just a space filler. I think a lot of the times it can tell you a lot about character or move the story in smart ways. And oh, yeah. I thought the way that Nick Darien- Darrington orchestrates fight scenes was really, really cool. Um,
1: and the way that Bendis wrote um, important story bits throughout, right. also.
0: Yeah. There are components of this that sort of remind me of Jorge Fornes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't necessarily know why, but sort of the. Maybe it's there's just like some Malzahly elements to Nick Darrington's art or something, but yeah, like just sort of this fight he, sequence here reminds me sort of of how Jorge would panel a thing and use negative space. And I,
1: I think it's I think part of it is um, just kind of the body language and the moments he chooses to capture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 it was probably in the podcast that you and I both listened to the the I Fanboy podcast where they're talking about how comics like the movement of comics happens between the panels Mm -hmm. right um so you never see actual movement in comics and that's part of what sort of makes it uh difficult for some people to to read a comic is because they have to make up what happened in between
0: but it's also what makes it such a personal thing yeah it's like you really are making whether you realize it or not you're filling in these gaps right and all of that gap is Something that's coming straight from your imagination, so it's your story at that
1: point. And when an artist can give you the, the camera angles and moments to build the story in the way that uh, I'm assuming he wanted us to experience it, that's uh, that's real good.
3: That's yeah. why I, I like comics. is It's a more interactive way. Like people think of giving you picture make pictures make you use your imagination less, but I think it actually there's a case to be made. It makes you use it more because yeah. you're filling in the gaps all the time.
2: Yep. This was so much fun. The art and the story, and I was I was impressed because I was kind of worried that I I knew I loved Nick Darrington but I was worried about Bendis' voice for Batman. But this was a blast.
0: Nice. And I and I'd
2: forgotten the whole thing about Ginny Hicks, Ginny Hicks, ha, <laughs> Ginny Hex first appearing in here. So that was a surprise it. for me.
0: Well, uh, what do you what do you what do you give it, my little Django cake?
1: I'll give it an eight. Nice. Solid eight.
0: I'm gonna go solid eight as well. You know me, everybody. I'm trying to be real heavy and strict, and you know, on these scores. And uh, it's it's a really good book. It's it's an eight.
1: It's hard to give a five when the book's an eight. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think about that? Gosh, I'm gonna give it an eight five. It's just my kind of book.
3: I. He's a Batman boy. I, like, I love it about him. I like Batman. I kind of like just. A good punch 'em up. I'll admit it, you guys. I like a good punch em up, and I thought the mystery was compelling. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Whoa! Jeez, Gosh. Roman. And, and, it's already out. You're waving it
2: around. I can feel it. What's next, boys? Unearth
1: On One. Oh.
0: Did you read this one, Roman? I did. Did you? Hey, Ryan, did you read this did you guys, one?
1: Did you guys notice that the issue number rhymes with the writer? Number one, Colin Bunn, with Kyle Stram. I don't know, what Kyle a ham. Stram. Oh, oh. Art by Baldemar Rivas. And letters by Crank, Crank.
0: Wait, you're right. saying that Cullen Bunn co-wrote this one? Yeah. You can't keep up with your own book, Cullen.
1: Yeah, come on. You only got thirty books going right now. Exactly. Catch Wait. up, buddy.
3: You need to call in it to get. No. 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 Close call. Art's real good. I, th- th- I. This was how. Django says, "In one eye, went out the other. Uh, out the other. You know, some terrible disease somewhere is causing people to turn into bugs." Is that bugs what or them? like
1: super super fat deformed kind of pussy veiny monsters. That's the okay. biggest pussy veiny. They look pretty insectoid though,
3: and when they go down into the depths, there's like some weird insectoid shit, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. Maybe they are turning. Into <laughs> I bugs. think they're Ugh, aliens. That's awesome.
3: It's just bugs. There's like there's
1: sort of a <laughs> rift. So we yeah we meet we meet the doctors who are looking at these sick people, and then uh, later on. Much later, they end up going down into... Uh,
0: how much later? Oh,
1: God. I later don't on. Know. Much see. later.
0: Well, <laughs> actually, later on in the book. It was later at that point.
1: Okay, so here's, here's uh, minus one point. The book opens in Mexico, and then minus one right there. the first scene change is Boston 2016. So we don't know when the first one, when the first scene happened. So we don't really know how much later. But these motherfuckers Jeff. are
3: old, and they've been under... Uh, <laughs> They were born, they're found much later after they were... They like were, how much had, later, had, Justin? <laughs> much, much later.
0: Like there was the original time, and then if you moved that forward... Like a lot? It like, was that. Like a whole bunch? Like,
3: like what's before Tencent
1: Comics? Oh.
3: Yeah, so these ancient beings, they're like centipedes. Yeah, they say they're centipedes, and they're predators. Um, and there is one, like the, the, queen, the queen bee... Um, his head looks so much like the design from the first robot in Neon Genesis
0: Evangelion
1: Oh!
3: I was like, that is straight up just taken from Neon Genesis
0: uh, It's like a screenshot of a particular scene in that show for sure
3: Huh, and that's fine um, I like the art quite a bit You know uh,
1: Colin Bugs <laughs> <laughs> um, This reminded me of that movie that I can never remember, Annihilation Yeah,
3: I was going to say that earlier. It's like a less interesting Annihilation.
1: I don't know, man. I I actually really like this one. I thought it was... I'm still reading Kirkman's...
0: er, Yeah, sorry. What is it? Oblivion Song. Oblivion
1: Song. But I'm not really enjoying it. I'm reading it because I feel like I'm supposed to like it and it should get better or get get real good and, and really grab me at some point, but it just... I'm reading it hopefully now instead of because I'm excited to read it. And this... Django,
0: hope is a feeling that is a good one to have mm-hmm. in terms of, like, feelings. Hope. So, like, you're reading it hopefully. Okay, that's a feeling. I'm proud of you. It's, you're a that government. means it's full of hope.
1: So, like, like optimism.
0: That's a transformer.
1: I'm a terminal optimist prime. No, nope,
0: Now you're Learn. thinking about Terminator. <laughs> Leads <Leech> to despair.
1: <laughs> I... While I was bam, reading bam. this, I thought, this is what I want... That Kirkman book to be Oblivion Song. Oblivion Song, um, just in in that you just the want more bugs. No, nah, I like I believe the monsters a lot better than I believe the monsters in Oblivion Song. I like the characters and I can tell who's who a lot better than I really can in good. Oblivion Song. And it seems like at the end of this issue they're going into a portal, which is gonna, probably going to bring them into the bugs world. And uh, I I appreciate that about this book.
3: Um, there might even be some vomit in here, Jango.
1: <laughs> oh, if there's not yet, there will be. Um, I also really like the scene where the the bad guy dude gets sucked up into the jelly of the beast. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, that yeah, shot. That was, and he's kind of excited scene. about it. Yeah. Even
0: Bellion. Oh, no. yeah, Neon Genesis, even, even
3: Bellion. Oh, yeah.
1: my God, Jeff. Neon Genesis. I really like the art. The art is great. I ain't
3: never seen nothing like it before, except for it kind of seems like that person who does that book, Miranda. But other than that, I ain't never seen nothing like it before. What kind of bugs do they got in these caves? Oh, they're just know, bugs.
1: Just bugs.
3: Hey, what do you think these would taste like if we turned them to chips, boys? they taste delicious.
2: Roman, are you going to
0: give it a gooey duck? That that jelly would... Be, <laughs> oh, God.
2: Well, no, I mean... I can hear that. I, I, I like the guy getting... getting sucked up into the monster and all that and the art's kind of cool but Art i don't know for, really for me cool it didn't wrong. really i don't know if i'll bother reading the second one yeah. i wasn't really that into it
3: you know it's your typical bug thriller
2: except for when they when the she's trying to make friends with that cool beautiful bug and the Looks like jerk military guy yeah the jerk military guy kills it because oh, yeah. it's a jerk military guy
1: yeah they gotta the, gotta, the gotta character step. types are a little heavy-handed yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why I can keep track of it better than I can with Kirk. Feels Kirkman a lot book. like Alien. Yeah.
0: So uh, what are your feelings you in chips. like numerically represented? Well, oh, gath and a half. Okay. A seven. One gath, one half.
1: Yeah, uh, seven.
3: Wow. Still sounds like a pretty good book. Yeah. I'm pretty new to this whole thing. A gath. Yeah, a gath. yeah you got it. Yeah. So like a, gath? a gath. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm not. This is weird because I like plants. I like being outside. I'm not a huge fan of green, like in, as, as, as a, a thing in a color palette. Yeah. Um, There's a you, lot of green. When in you that rely book. on green a lot, I think it is a little ooky. Um, I eat a lot of lettuce, and I, you know, you think I'd like green, but I don't really like green. But I really liked the green in this book. It was vibrant, and you know, if it was on chips, I would eat it. So
1: Gath Uh, is a seven. Yeah.
2: I'm really really curious what this cover has to do with it. Because I want to know what's going on here. She's going in the underworld.
0: That's the Gath right there. That's the Gath.
2: Okay. Into the Gath Gap.
0: What's Django's favorite distributor? Last Gath.
1: (laughs) Oh! (laughs)
2: Uh, I'll give this a, a six and a half.
1: The underneath demons came from the deep, deep bottom. Carried away that blasted chair left desperate and forgotten.
0: This is our podcast. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, give I, the most convincingly super displeased response to <laughs> Django's, chun, like, chun puns. You got to get that chans. breath in there. That
2: <sighs> you, you, know, you know, after Unearth, um, I kind of like to unearth something that's... that's unseen or hard to see something that's uh, like um what do you mean what's My wor- wiener no what's the word that's not um, unseen <laughs> oh. yeah what's what's the word for those kind of things oh that you big can't, thing
1: they can't the see thing. Uh, i
0: don't know it, that you, that you can't got see? A big thing. it's an internal wiener he's got a wiener that doesn't Jenga. what is it called <laughs> what is it that it, it's stuck inside uh, you your body
1: the wind oh <laughs> you can't see it but it's inside but it's me <laughs>
2: Well, you know, there's doctors for that. The word I, no, the word I'm thinking of is is invincible. Close, invincible
1: close, woman.
2: close, close, so close. Oh.
0: So segways are supposed to be these sort of like uh, quick, efficient. Well, yeah, it was supposed to, to be, but none of you guys thing... were giving
2: me the invisible. Your
0: bit is to not remember the word invisible.
1: Invincible. That was the segue. Somebody
2: the word invisible. That's oh that's yeah, yeah. Oh, one it. of you guys was supposed to say invisible.
1: Okay. Invisible. We were Thank we were you. in a
3: segue before we knew it. We oh. were both on the segue, and Roman was like long fingering
1: yeah. us out of yeah. there. I
0: feel like uh, Paul Blart over here. <laughs> <laughs> Invisible Woman number one by Mark Wade, and then Roman, your favorite artist. Mark Wade wrote it.
2: Atia, De- <laughs> De- I can't even read what that says. <laughs> Dehulius. you De-hul- is that an yeah, oh, I see this I- name? What is that? Just kind of. Sp- I'm reading off the cover. Mattia DeLulius.
3: Oh. Julius.
2: <laughs> Orange Julius.
0: Man, I think the real thing we've got to talk about here is this art, and I think there's just a whole sort of gath spread of the art in here. I'm gathed. Have you seen this art yet? No.
1: Just take is, a look at this. It is Quapo.
0: It is, like, three Quapo. Whoa.
1: I loved the art in you this. You loved it. I, I, oh, I, I actually is did. This not
0: my
3: style
1: of art. I read it late at night what in the a, dark.
0: Do you feel like I'd like or dislike a quipo?
1: Oh, I don't. I don't Ralph down to vito that. It depends on. uh Wait, one more time. <laughs> Ralph niejmshty down to vito that. No, slow. Ralph niejmshty down to vito that. No. That, that okay. first
0: sh- wasn't <laughs> there the first two times.
1: Ralph niejmshty down to Vidalet. Say it backwards. <laughs> bean burrito
0: oh (laughs) Oh, that's what his chains are it's close to a quapo it's one half quapo
3: okay so Um, i guess i can't really i'm on a no quapo diet
0: this is the first (laughs) solo series invisible woman has ever had which is crazy on the one hand but then on the other hand it does make sense um because comics and boys and it sucks but we're getting more of them um it's still mark wade writing it you know one of the most successful writers in comics who has written this character for years, so I think it does make sense, but um, what... the art is like... weird. What is it? Yeah, I think it's like... I think it's the coloring that is very digital and because I think the art itself is fine but like there's really strong uses of light sources. I had never quite seen a thing like this art in the comic, and when I flipped through it at first, I was really turned off, and then... Like by halfway through the comic, it did really gel for me.
1: So the the pencils to me look like the drawing Luna brother. I can yeah. see that. Like kind of round, a little bit, almost like almost like you took paper dolls and posed them for a lot of the 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 scenes where people are standing. Like just kind of very stock imagery. But then the the colors really look. Either oil-painted or, like, digital-painted to me. And I'm sure it's digital, but I really like the way it looks.
2: And then, Roman, where are you on it? Um, That's a good call on the Luna, whichever it Luna does, brother It does. That's that very was. accurate. I totally Cause, agree Because I was point. thinking, because, yeah, I, there's definitely that. There's a little bit of, for me, a little bit of uh, Greg Landish type yeah. of artificiality, which Salvard, I don't
0: like. L- Salvador La Roca, like just kind of straight photo references of Greg Land totally does that
2: yeah yeah like the scene in the in the snowstorm that actually bugged me because she's (laughs) making them invisible but all of a sudden the snow is so thick that it's apparently sticking to them but it's sticking to them in such complete detail every detail of them is revealed I'm like you know it should be like spotty that well, would be I like cooler. how she
3: turns yeah. the gun invisible and they still don't know how to shoot it. Yeah, your, hands turns, on so the, your fingers on the trigger.
0: No, no, no. What he does is they're far enough away and they're invisible, but he's able to see their silhouette in the snow And she's so she turns her his gun invisible because that way he can't see the sight. Yeah, like right. He can't see the yeah. scope or where it's shooting. And I actually thought that was like really cool writing. I thought that was just a really good... Kind of, good
2: except his finger's still on the trigger. All I have to do is spray it yeah. where they were standing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess he could spray it and do just a long horizontal thing. That's true. Or she could lie down or, or whatever. And that's what I
2: thought when I read it. I was like, well, why don't you just start spraying? <laughs>
0: Roman does shoot a lot of guns.
2: He is the gun guy. Yeah, Roman's the, the gun guy.
0: Um, so it's I, so weird that we've never brought into the, this whole podcast that Roman's a Trump supporter. It's not
2: popular to be a member of the NRA nowadays.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really. um, I actually I think that was really clever. Uh, I didn't assume, I mean, it's clearly an automatic rifle now that you say that, but I didn't think it was an automatic rifle. Well, maybe
1: and you so try being a gun guy. I'm not a gun guy. I Roman's say, a gun guy. You would know if you felt the clip, you know, <laughs> right, Roman?
3: Roman's yeah. always going off about his clip.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: in that moment, I was like, oh, it's cool that Mark Wade's writing this because he's familiar with her and he y- can understand why that would be an important thing to do with a gun, unless it's an automatic rifle, Roman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the story is basically that uh, Sue Storm is sometimes an undercover kind of like Mission Impossible agent. And
3: well, I thought she-, she
1: got, she got, got out. Was cool. And then she got pulled back in. And I, I thought it was really rad. I loved that uh, in the very beginning. Um, in the flashback, they get picked up by, by Nick Fury, like old man white guy Nick Fury, and then in the modern part, they talk to Sam Jackson Nick Fury. Yeah, and um, I thought and that he, was. And good he references too. his dad. Yeah. Um, the patch. The patch is
3: on the wrong eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
1: really liked. Uh, I really liked the art, and it doesn't look photo referencey to me. It, it's got some of those hallmarks, but I don't think that it's actually <laughs> traced photos.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that it is trace photos either, but it, the coloring looks the way yeah. that it, you know, in the Ultimates and all these these. It's, it's too uncanny valley for me.
1: It's just perfect for me.
0: But I think the light sources in it are incredible. Like yeah. there's consistently, yeah, and I think that like the art, like the coloring, that what is kind of my problem with it is almost an over usage of light sources because everything has color gradients. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and and very specific like when she's walking under the trees in the park she's modeled with yeah, yeah but I mean more like shadows. the
0: faces like not every skin tone has that much shading yeah. in everything
1: yeah
2: yeah that scene where she's walking through the park the visually that was my favorite part of the issue Is just looking at the shadows of the, the tree leaves on her as she walked I thought that was really good
0: how many fucking gun clips would you give it Roman yeah how many times <laughs> would you fire one off
2: uh I'll give it a six.
0: I was just really excited to ask that question. I would actually, if you have some more thoughts, I would love to hear sort of your. Is the most familiar with Sue Storm?
2: Um, It didn't really. At least so far, I don't know. It kind of. It, it, it's kind of contradictory of me to say this. It doesn't really feel like Sue Storm, but at the same time, I am very curious to see this addition to Sue, Sue Storm's personality, which also mirrors what's going on. Tana Coates in Captain America, where she's part of the covert team that's trying to break Cap out of Baron Zemo's prison, and she and she's a real badass there, and has all sorts of secret skills.
1: You don't so, get much this, more covert than Invisible. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So this goes along well with all that, um, and I'll read the next issue because I trust Mark Wade, but I'm not thrilled yet with the story.
0: Yeah, this does feel like more like. Sue to me than like Dan lots Sue in the current mm. stuff. That, like,
2: that, that's true, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, But I point. could say that she's not necessarily like the brilliant woman that I have come to know her in series. So, how many fucking rifle scopes would you... Give me you, a couple of shots. How many total... Nope, he doesn't shoot, he sprays. How many oh. just <laughs> aggressive... Yeah. Uh, six. Okay, right. I, I got that. Um, <laughs>
3: so like... <laughs> coo, 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 coo... Coo, coo, coo. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I would give it six also. Yeah. Spray shots?
0: You know, like when you have to. Well, you sp- don't really have to pee at night, but you're going to bed. Three point and You burst. don't want to have to wake up right. at like three o'clock in the morning to pee, so you just stand there for like 45 seconds. Scorch. Exactly. Scorch. Right. Yeah, three point Squirch. burst. Scorch.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: Romans
0: can teach me the terms. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> I'll give it a seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll read the next one. I like, I like intrigue. I like the art. <laughs> I like and I Espionage. like the way she pulls on her husband's yeah, arm. Yeah, she's good.
3: Yeah, that I, I saw that. I like that it. too, but also like, come on, Reed.
1: Oh, come on, Reed's a reads a distracted butthole Dude, of a husband. Dude, every genius yeah, is it.
3: like that. They're crazy. They're they're obsessive. Sherlock Holmes. Um, Thanks.
1: <laughs> is that a feeling? I feel proud of my <laughs> obsession. My, my right feeling
3: now. is
0: nauseated. <laughs> <laughs> um, outer darkness number. Eight. Oh. By John Lehman and Afu-chan is the cr- co-creator and artist. Man, Jeff, I really had a good segue for that one. Oh, I'm so fucking <laughs> sorry. We actually can still do it. No, no.
3: And then I realized, I think I've said out on a limb and then linked that to outer and then darkness before. I think that's, I say that segue every time. Oh. Okay. So. Oh. So. Okay.
1: okay. Guys, it's dark in here. <laughs> Get out. Oh. Uh-huh.
0: like Outer Darkness?
1: Oh! Started
0: watching Gilmore Girls again last night. really love that show. Um, So this issue spent... um, It ties in.
3: Lorelei.
0: (laughs) uh, No. Uh, This spent... uh, I can't remember the character's name, but we spent most of the issue with Malona Heisdeck and Sister Magdalena, the uh, nun that they picked up in the previous issue. Sister Magdalena. I I don't know why. I just love her. I'm in love with her, I don't know why She's just an awesome character I love that, I love that excitement for it Tell me about this issue, my dude Did uh, Roman, Ashton Are you reading this, Django? Uh, no I, <laughs> I read it
1: Roman read it, Django didn't you,
0: You're not reading this book?
3: Ashton. I am reading
1: and it, I, I just Ashton. haven't read that one yet I really like it, I forgot to grab it Okay. I'm sorry, alright?
3: All right. Alright, alright, <laughs> right. I don't want to hurt you
1: Dude, if I was I just worried realized about spoilers, I would have read it. I just realized that's
2: Guy Gardner Warrior's symbol on the back of that comic.
0: Oh, yeah. He ties in. Um. <laughs> it's been on the back of every issue. Please, J- Justin, tell me about this.
3: Bad dreams. Nazis. Stabbing. Houses in space. More bad dreams. Souls being revived from the dead. The charons. Space palaces. Um, conversations. Espionage, espionage, Once, under, g- undercover, invisible women. Once again, don't trust anybody. Sato, Sato Shin. Yeah, he's real cool and bad. Night sweats, uh,
0: missions. Night sweat, new title. Well, we find out in
3: this issue. Like those
1: things? <laughs> it,
0: is that uh, that the the badass green lady, Malona Heisdeck? Hyde was actually originally put on this ship from the previous captain and they framed, like, they part of her cover story was they framed her for all of these, these crazy betrayal and all these things. So everyone on the ship thinks that she's actually a mutineer and betrayer, but that's actually just what the cover story for her is. But now that captain is off of the ship. So she's kind of stuck on this ship in this role that no one would believe is not actually who she is. And she kind of just decides to she's kind of losing her mind on here and they get stuck in this just um another amazing sort of paranormal event and it's raining in the ship and the reasons behind that are very very cool but she's going to take this moment to bail and the nun comes up to her and is like take me with you and they just have this like really poignant moment Justin was this the moment that you fell in love with the with? Sister? I fell in love with her the minute yeah. I
3: something about just you know someone displaced in time. I love that. And Ellie she's film. so her eyes are so kind. Yeah, she's so sincere. Um, which it, like it's gonna be, it's yeah, it's gonna fuck me up. I know it's gonna fuck me up. It's yeah, this is.
0: Me. I think this arc is gonna get very rough.
3: Um, but she's so kind and so sincere and just a good good hearted woman. Um, I think I was a nun.
0: In a previous life?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Hysek, she's in some kind of debt to the captain, right? That's why she... The previous captain? Our captain, right? She has... He saved her ass in this story, and so she's stuck on the ship forever until she can't leave the ship
0: unless he says so. He's, but she a, tries to leave and was gonna escape in this one. Yeah, she's gonna run away. But okay. he, oh, you mean like not be okay? To, I don't remember that part, but maybe that was near the beginning. I yeah, really she, vibed out on it, but you know, a little she bit. She is
3: our captain. Um, stuck up for her, and so she she's owed. She has to do whatever he says on the ship, and that's why went, she wants to get the fuck out of here.
0: Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. They framed her for the same crimes that their captain, our captain, was. Commit, you know, he had committed, so yeah. yeah, they they framed it to have him have a soft spot for her,
3: right? Um, but when she tries to leave, they're like, "No, you're you you do what this captain says." But she's going to leave. We find out that um, the nun is with child, and so she wants to leave and be friends. And I don't know if there's, do you feel? I felt like it was pretty platonic, but
0: yeah, I didn't get any like a romance thing there. Okay. But it just it did seem like they they have these two female characters and they form this big friendship in a sort of intense moment of both of them letting some secrets come out and uh, they didn't get to escape but we've got a cool alliance there and another issue eight issues in of Outer Darkness and every time we read it like we learn some drastic new thing about these characters and I just want to read this all the time the world is so well built and so meticulously Plotted that, like, you always get more information, but you always just want to hear more the more that you read it.
3: Right. And this exorcist guy who sees them at the end has all but shown that he's, like, really dutiful and he's probably going to rat them out based off his sense of duty and his job. Like, I don't think he's a bad guy. The
0: little gnome-looking guy that shows up? Do you think that he saw them for that? Like, he saw them plan to escape? Yeah, I think so. Because his face there is like, uh...
3: And I feel like they're going to kill him or something with oh, wow. like that character. So, I right. too. Um, yeah, I mean that—that's a—that's a, that's a nine or five for me, boys. Yeah, I'm calling it in a big nine five.
0: Hey, Justin. Yeah. I'm thinking about giving it a ten. Oh, are you ten four in my nine five? Oh, I get your nine five. You're right. I'm going to give it a ten four nine five. I'm going to give it a nine five as well. But I'm going to give you a 10-4, I totally agree with you there. That's one of our my favorite, favorite books coming out. Just... Django. <laughs> Tell me about a world of your favorite comics coming out.
1: Well, my favorite comic coming out is probably Black Hammer. And this is a Black Hammer Justice League crossover, which I had no... Interest no real faith in. <laughs> like... Interest? I like Justice League, I like Black Hammer, but I... I didn't see how, how they'd be able to pull it off. Um... And so in this issue, we're back on the farm, the, the Blackhammer farm. And uh, it's set at some point before they left the farm. And some uh, Barbalian and uh, Colonel Weird? No, Barbalian and, and Talkie Walkie are trying to fix a thing so they can get out of there. And then this dude shows up and makes him an offer. And uh, then we flash over to the Justice League fighting with Starro. And a dude shows up and makes them an offer. And kind of the way it all wraps up is the Black Hammer crew is on the Justice League world having to go against Starro. And the Justice League is back on on, on the Black Hammer farm. And there, like, this, the opening scene kind of repeats. So we see Superman in the, in the role of uh, Abraham Slam. And we see uh, Batman in the role of Barbalian, And... I don't know. It was was a weird crossover. And I can't really get into exactly why it's a weird crossover without totally spoiling volume three of Black Hammer. Um,
0: Because they've left the farm?
1: Yeah, because they've left the farm. So, yeah, if if, if you're not current on Black Hammer, skip this next part. But in Black Hammer, they were on the farm, and then we find out that the farm was kind of a brain construct that Madame Butterfly had had created for them, right? And so it doesn't make any goddamn sense that they would be able to switch places with the Justice League.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if this is like, you know, almost before Black Hammer started or something, because they're still stuck on the farm. So this has to be at some point either before Volumes 1 and 2 of Black Hammer or during them.
1: And, And that, like, it's fine for them to leave the farm. Right, because she could just make that happen with the with the illusion, or
0: undo their memory of it or something. But
1: we're seeing the Justice League as not people from that illusion, right? And they're all of a sudden in on the farm. So and, that's that's a little bit frustrating. But I, I'm going to trust Jeff Lemire to have thought of that ridiculously simple plot hole. Right. and Yeah, I don't take care of it.
2: I didn't even that didn't occur to me as a plot hole because that's one thing Staro does is is control people's minds and create illusions in their heads and she and butterfly does that too so the, maybe the two of them are maybe stars tuning into something she's doing and I would using I would like that to, a lot and yeah, using her devices
0: we've never seen the old guy who causes him to trip out
2: nope. I haven't no I don't recognize him
0: because I haven't read the side series of black hammer
1: I think it's good um it, not my favorite black hammer thing but also I'll read anything with black hammer in it at this point
0: yeah, and what I was thinking is basically those are my exact feelings. Um, and I kept thinking about when you were reading Doctor Solar or Doctor Star. Yeah. And that, like, it was kind of depressing along, but then in the last like issue or two, it just became super worth it. Yeah. So I'm, I my faith is that he's gonna pull something like that off.
1: Yeah, I don't like having to trust a creator. Uh, over their story, but I do with this guy.
0: Yeah, I I do too. But he's written some bad DC stories,
1: right?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, which is why I was worried about this. But I liked it a lot. It it, it fits in. It uses the you know the, the similar framing devices. Some of the old DC crossover stuff with you know the heroes switching dimensions, switching switching worlds, yeah, kind of exchange with each other against their wills, and some mystery around that. I love the fact at the end where Colonel Weird is. All of a sudden, in space, and with, confronted by the Green Lantern Corps, and he says, "He says it's a mystery in space." <laughs> that was cute, and, cute. and I love the—I do love the way this artist draws Starro too, because sometimes his his eye is like bisected vertically, sometimes it's horizontally. And then you know?
0: there's the time where the eye is open, and there's a bunch of teeth. Yeah, it yeah. Fall, which is very
2: good. I really like that. I would give this a an eight. Did you give it a
1: score,
0: Django?
2: Not yet. Okay, you oh. give it
0: an eight or a seven and a half? Yeah.
1: Okay. I give it a six, but I'm going to give it another half for Starro, so six and a half. I, I like Starro irrationally. I like Starro. <laughs> he is easily one of my top three favorite Justice League bad guys. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I don't even have like the old school history with Starro. I, I never read the early stuff. I just like the Keith Giffen Starro.
2: He, he's the closest thing to a to a living whoopee cushion villain that there
0: is. <laughs> I'll give it a 6.5. That sounds real good to me.
3: Roman, I give that joke in common and concept a 10. <laughs>
0: um, I'm really excited to talk about Giant Size Ecstatics Number 1 by Peter Milligan and Mike Allred with colors by Laura Allred. Roman, you read well, this? Yes. Django, you read the first chunk of it.
1: I read the whole thing. Oh, I nice. finished it today.
0: Nice. Um, so, Info Dump. Uh, around the early 2000s, Peter Milligan and Mike and Laura Allred did a book. It was it was uncanny. Well, it was not uncanny. It was X-Force. Um, several issues in, he killed the entire team and started a new team, and they retitled it X-Statics. And this was happening around the time that reality TV was getting really, really big and popular. And it was just a really meta series about... Superheroes in the real world with a film crew following them around and what that would be like and sort of a statement about a reality TV show it created the character Dupe who is amazing mm-hmm. and at the end of it they killed most of them I haven't read the final volume of it i was just like the big a big book of it but this it's been. 18 years or something since we've seen any of these people except for Dupe who shows up and many of them died at the end of the series and I don't know why this exists because my feeling about ecstatics is like that quote about Hunter Thompson and Fear and Loathing like I can't remember the exact wording, but like too strange to be forgotten but too weird to live or you know something like that too weird to die but too, anyway um, I don't It blows my mind that it did exist for as long as it did, and I am super into this one-shot coming out, but what what this was was basically a a preamble to what it's going to be an ongoing series starting in 2020 after the Hickman's relaunch of X-Men. Yeah.
1: So I'd never read any of the older stuff, Um, and I I like uh, Michael Allred a lot. I tend to generally dig Peter Milligan. I just don't keep up with a lot of X stuff. And this looked silly and zany, and I hate X-Force because I, you know, the 90s. And (laughs) um, so I never really read any of this. But picking up this issue as just a one-shot, it caught me up, and it gave me everything I needed to enjoy this book a whole lot. I thought this was a really good way to pay, uh, pay respects to the old team and also bring in... Mostly a new team, although a lot of them are just basically clones or children of the old team. So it, w- it was a cool way to... Uh, and maybe that was kind of a meta-commentary on comics I think in the is. same way that uh, the old series was a commentary on reality television.
0: I love that dupe is a sex symbol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah weird, Never speaks any English. Looks and like a booger. Is... Uh, Arun, what were your thoughts on this and the original one? Did you read the whole original I one? I
2: read the whole original one. Um... Yeah, I love the Allreds, uh, but like you, kind of, I'm kind of like, well, does it really work anymore to do ecstatics again nowadays? Like, what, t- ten years after? They tell me was like fifteen. You, it YouTube didn't step in. Well, that's what I was gonna yeah. say.
0: Is I actually, I think that it fits perfectly. Yeah. I think that like with the YouTube generation, the cell phone generation, yeah. that same like the conversation of too much coverage is sort of what the original one was and now we're dealing with that same conversation on a larger level in today's society and, and they're incorporating that into this so I, I think that now is kind of the perfect time to bring it back
1: it's Snapchat
0: oh yeah. very good <laughs> and so the follow up series is going to be called The Excellent and the original leader of the team who was killed a couple issues in is actually the bad guy yeah uh, and who was
1: also in uh uh, Deadpool 2, right? Was he Zeitgeist?
0: Oh, I didn't remember him the same being. Character? I
1: think he the was one of the guys that died. Oh, you know, like on the his X-Force his X Force team, that, team okay. all died just like the end of oh. X Force. Okay, well that is, that must be that.
0: But it's got the like super super sensitive guy, um, Guy Smith. That yeah,
2: which. Orphan, I guess, which originally his name was Mr. Sensitive Yeah. in the series.
0: And he's amazing, he's like a living, exposed nerve and dupes in it. And then like, Eviscerator, um, I think is his name, but the the guy who turns into like a werewolf. But what is really cool about this is Yugo Girl, who had died in the previous series. Um, Her little sister idolizes her and lives with their parents and her parents have died. And what we learn in this is actually, she's Yugo Girl's daughter. And she'd never told her that. And so now she's being recruited as the team's teleporter and dead girl is in it. And we love dead girl. (laughs) You
1: go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. You go, girl. I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just wonderful ideas. Super imaginative. It looks really cool. That's what I was going to say. The All Reds have a knack for doing books that I don't care a ton about. Like they have this art style that I love Immensely, and then they do it in books that I don't really ever want to read all of. The last thing that I really enjoyed that they did was Ecstatics. Um, so to get this back is is really cool. I cannot wait for it to start back up. I'm incredibly excited. I hope it goes for a while. And to get the same creative team is really awesome to me. I give this one a 9.
1: I like this a lot. I'm going to give it a 7.5 for just as... as a comic, but it's piqued my interest enough to maybe, maybe read the whole run from before. Which it's
0: long, but it's all red.
1: It's all, I, all it red except for all when red. it's
0: Paul Pope and Darwin Cook were the other artists in the series, which is <laughs> insane.
2: Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I've heard
1: of those guys. Yeah, forgot about that. Is it because they're two of my favorite artists?
2: Yeah. Ball boop. boop. I'll give it a seven and a half. I mean, some of these characters, I mean, they're just great to follow. It's interesting. I love werewolves. I find Vivisector annoying. Vivisector, thank you. Yeah. 90 seconds, Django.
1: Oh, God. Go. I read uh, Reaver. Oh, no. Oh, God. Reaver number one. It was. You're uh, all fan of guns here.
3: It was our. <laughs> no, just Roman. Our
1: comic omnivore pick of the week. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's not a setting that I generally enjoy. But the characters were really cool. The art was solid, and uh, as far as uh, setup, that some comics would take four pages to do, and this one took twenty, some thirty pages to do. I thought I thought that was pretty well done. I also read Wonder Twins number six. That was actually the first comic that I read this week. And uh, you know, pursuant to our conversation about Mark Russell last week, it is so good. Um, they they actually. Fix the whole world, and then the Justice League shows up and fucks everything up by stopping <laughs> the bad guy. And right before they sign all the paperwork that would fix the whole world, everybody in power decides not to do it because the Justice League stopped the guy, the, last the, issue. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It was going to be the last issue. Now uh, they got picked up for another six. I also read Batman Detective Comics number one thousand and seven. It's more of the um, Spectre. the Spectre mm-hmm. and. The art is still just so, so, so good. <laughs> it's uh, it's everything that I wish Kelly Jones was every mm. single time. It's old Kelly Jones, yeah. um, but in a modern way with better colors. And the, the the shot of Jim Corrigan on his back getting touched by all these guys with red, mm-hmm. bloody hands is...
3: Oof. How many, yeah. many Spectre Pectors would you give it? I would give...
1: i'd give that one a seven and a half i would give the art a 10 on it though i would give wonder twins a solid 10 um you know because fuck you all other comics you aren't as good as wonder twins and reaver reaver i would give a seven and a half uh i'm gonna stick with it even though it really is not my genre I, i i want this to be Something that I really like, so I want to see the adventure start. Because really, we've just seen that the team assembles so far, and uh, that that little creepy girl intrigues me.
2: Man, that Detective Comics, th- the art is—it's beautiful. It's so creepy and gross. There's a scene in there where the specter, as this green smoke comes, roiling out of the toilet in the jail cell, yeah, and then grabs the criminal and like starts slamming the it's just hilarious
0: i had said on the last podcast that we talked about detective comics that uh if jango told me that that next issue was really really good i would read it i actually took it home this week to read because i was kind of stoked to read it but i didn't get to it yet you would say definitely read it
1: i would say definitely read it and i would say that as i was reading it i thought of you specifically because
0: because we always think of each other while we're reading comic books
1: well yeah and i was naked too um (laughs) But Whoa. the thing Hand that and shaving his head at the same the, time, <laughs> I do that in the shower. I would not shower with a comic book unless I laminated it first, like I do with my pornography. I uh, thank you. Uh, I thought of you because you had mentioned last issue that you didn't know anything about the Spectre, and that was kind of kind of a stumbling block for you. This one explains the Spectre a little bit better, okay, cool. and his Pector, oh. and and I think that uh, Spectre pecker. yeah, I I or I think it solves the problem. That you had with the last Okay, episode. cool. Yeah. Spectorial pectorals. Oh, um, I thought you were making a wiener joke. Both. Justin,
0: you're up, buddy. All
1: right. I got peckers on my pecs. All right. How many seconds do we get?
0: Uh, you got one minute and 22 left. Care
3: Bears <laughs> Unlock the Magic. Who's that by? <laughs> Matthew Ehrman and Nadia Sh- Shamas. And our uh, guy. Uh <laughs> Agnes Garbowska. Um, <laughs>
1: Care it's a Bears. cloudy day in Care Bears. So Bear. you, liked, you liked Care Bears
3: as a kid, right? Uh, well, no, there was a ploy. Oh. Um, I liked Transformers and He-Man because there was lots of punching and clear black and white morals I could follow. And almost naked pretty men. Yes. Uh, wow. I was told that this was high octane black and white morals and punching, and it was not. Turns out this is a big world of gray and all the beautiful bear-like colors in between. Um, <laughs> you know, there's Grumpy Bear, there's Shine Bear, there's uh, Cheer Bear. Where's Bedtime
0: Bear? I was told he shows up.
3: Oh, uh, Bedtime Bear, he's fucking around. Um, so these bears, with 25 <laughs> seconds left, get into some berry at- antics. They go, to, they go to the magic fun house. They get to see reflections of themselves, of who they really wanted to be. There's some clever stuff there. Uh, gosh. Uh, and we find out that Grumpy Bear might be the villain, because, you know, Cheer um, there's a lot of really good political commentary on post truth politics, on the nuclear crisis. Uh, no, there's none of that. Oh, man. Uh, I was going like, to say, I missed all that. Yeah. Uh, did Grumpy Bear actually become the bad guy? Did you say because what? No, we just see at the end that he's grumpier than we thought. He's like punk rock bear and he didn't expect
0: Are you that. the one that was telling me the bedtime bear is in here or is that Sam? I didn't catch also Bedtime Bear. Okay, Sam told me bedtime bear But was in here I for was a second.
3: I was really really looking at the like the state conflict that was very present in this book like the social classes uh-huh. and change and you know it's a comment on economics
0: and uh, you know I planned for three more books to get in me this week and before we record this podcast this week and that was one of them and it's it in will my unlock stack the here. magic. I, I do want to read, it. and then yeah, there's a couple. of I Dude.
3: give it like a four in the way that like if I was a little kid who didn't like a bunch of muscular punching, I would. <laughs> this would be a book that I would like. Like they're cute, they're nice, they're you know their their characters are consistent all the way through the book. There's like. It sounds an, higher than a four to me, baby. Yeah, there's clearly a sense of humor there that's established that would make, you know, someone who, you know, like the Roman of Care Bears go, Oh, God, I remember that issue. That's there's like work. a green yeah. button I'm going to press. Um, I was told by a good friend that I
0: trust to to press it now. Okay, thanks, buddy. I'm going to talk about a couple books. First of all, I want to talk about Weapon Plus, Wolverine and Captain America by Ethan Sachs and we- Diogenes Nevis. Um, this was interesting Ethan Sachs wrote Old Man Hawkeye and then Old Man Quill, and what I've learned is that if he writes it, there's a chance, there's a good chance I'm gonna like it more than I think I will. That was true of this book as well. It sort of de, it delved into a lot of Grant Morrison stuff, who invented the Weapons Plus program, and so the, the you know, Phantom X was in it, and it goes into like the Weapons one through eleven. There's just this great double-page scene of a whole bunch of like little hidden moments of the. Uh, Marvel Universe, like Stain, International, and Oscorp, Roxon, Sickle, all these cool things, and I'm not sure that the overarching story is super, super interesting, but this guy has a tendency to make me care more about it than I think, and there's a giant, angry cyborg bear. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Venom, number 16, by Donny Case and Juan Gadeon. I'm excited for Ryan Stegman to come back on this book. But this book actually was really, really good. Everybody, I know Django, you wait to read this in trade because you sort of savor it, like he's savoring the symbiote Sunday on the cover, but this it is mostly like, we've learned that what he thought was his little brother is actually his son. The symbiote was hiding that truth from him, and now the symbiote is separated from him after everything that happened in War of the Realms because the symbiote bonded with, uh, you know, Laffy, evil guy. Um, but there's also elements where it seems like he's still channeling the symbiote here. The storytelling was a little bit confusing, but it's very sad dad trying to make ends meet story, and that actually is really compelling as uh, Eddie Brock.
1: It's not as easy as it looks to stop that, <laughs> is it?
0: He t- goes to this guy that, like, because he was Eddie, who Eddie Brock is, Justin, and he had trained some younger, like, who? photographers and news people. Eddie Brock did. Oh, okay. And uh, at this point, he has to, like, totally swallow his pride. You don't understand necessarily why, but he has to go to somebody who's got a nice job and ask for work and you learn that it's somebody that he had trained and then he had sort of lost his mind, become venom and everything. And he's asking for work um, to just get enough money to make ends meet to feed his son because he was homeless, you know, like three issues ago. And there's just this awesome scene at the end where he was able to get enough money to have some food and it's a scene of them on the, ho- like on the couch watching TV and the kid just says, this soup sucks. And Eddie looks at him angry and he says, yeah, it sure does. But hey, you know, it could be worse. And the whole time while he's around his son, we're seeing these moments of like the symbiote, like the remnants of the symbiote having these effects on where he's just like picturing killing his son or killing this guy or yelling at his son. And it's just a really good metaphor for like, not symbiote stuff, but just like, you know how you wanna to react to people sometimes and you don't do it. You got a
1: monster in you,
0: And it's cool to see it represented this way. And look at that shot of the spit there. Look at all that spit, that ink. I just stared at that panel for a long time. Like the way that it's drawn and the way that the spit is all inked, uh, the green slime like really, really Gosh. worked for me.
3: I always wanna spit on my kids. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I give weapon brush. plus uh, a seven and I give venom a 7.5. <gasps> Both good Marvel books. Not amazing Marvel books, but good Marvel books. But what I want to get at. Yeah, that was a great intro, Like, what's in that tank at the end of that weapons yeah. book? What I want to get at. So some kind of Is. Man thing? Um, Roman's 90 seconds go.
2: Ninety second Event Leviathan number two. Boy, as much as I liked Bendis's Batman and Batman Universe. Is how much I don't like his Batman in Event Leviathan. Oh. Just doesn't sound like Batman. Contentious. I, oh, I, I was really surprised. It's such a I can't believe it's the same writer. War of the Realms Omega. This is a one shot. This was really cool. A lot of fun. First, it tells the story of uh, first appearance of Jane Foster as Valkyrie. Um, so if that's an important character to you, you might want to pick this up. Wolverine versus Blade. Yeah, pretty pretty forgettable except for one moment when. Turns out, at some time, Blade and Wolverine fought uh, with this other vampire. A chunk of Wolverine was ripped off him. Um, the idea was that you could, using magic, you can take a chunk of Wolverine and create a vampire, an, an evil vampire Wolverine, which that's a fun, fun, dumb idea. <laughs> oh, Naomi, number six, the last issue of this series. You know they could have done this series in three issues. This issue, it was. Busy. The art was busy and and too dark. I couldn't tell what was going on. And basically, it's just like, oh, Naomi's in the DC Universe now. Everybody love her.
0: That was what you said before you read the issue.
2: Well, yeah, and it turned out I was right. That was exactly what this was. I <laughs> Disagree. Was, I, I would give this a two. <laughs> weapon And Weapon Plus, you already talked about this. I really like this, too. It was a lot of fun. Um, dialogue was great between Cap and, and Logan when they're together. They're so different. But it's cool seeing them adventure. And all the little... A little history stuff with the Weapon Plus program and now how they're retroactively tying in different characters and superheroes into variations of that program.
3: You guys feel the the burn up in your nostrils? Cause Roman is spitting hot horseradish. Spitting
2: hot horseradish. Weapon Plus I'll give a seven. Naomi, I'll give a two. War of the Realms, I will give a six and a half. Event Leviathan I'll give a four. Oh, and Wolverine versus Blade? Eh. I'll give that a f- three.
1: I don't think that's even ten points altogether. <laughs> yeah, he was grumpy
2: this week. Um, there was a lot of books, and these were ones that were all kind of like, meh.
1: Speaking of two guys. Oh,
2: right. There's another
0: book left. We're not done. I'm super we're excited to hear Django's thoughts on this, because that was, like, this mor- yesterday morning, I was like, I just really want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: So it's Batman 74. Picks up right after... Uh, Batman seventy three, believe it or not, huh. uh, where they're in the desert. Batman and his dad have to fight a bunch of uh, League of Assassin members who are protecting this crazy super duper Lazarus pit, and uh, they're they're still dragging uh, Martha Wayne from. Do we know? I guess it's from Bruce's world, right? The the real world. Maybe, but I was thinking about it, and it's maybe more well.
0: It would be better to revive the Martha from Bruce's world, but that's got to be like a rotted out bone corpse. What is maybe more likely is this is the bone corpse of when Martha was Joker in his world, because that okay. was just a couple years ago.
3: Right. But I don't know
0: why he would want to bring her back.
3: Remind me. So I think I may have missed issue. Why are they bringing back
1: Martha? Because Bruce's dad wants to. Okay. Like, it, they, they've been dragging a coffin behind a horse yeah. through the So he the beats up
3: Bane in his house. They wrestle again. His dad shows up, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm working for Bane, but I also want you to revive.
1: And then Bruce wakes up on the back of a horse, I think. Yeah, it's Bruce, like, pretty his quick dad quick hasn't that.
0: talked to him at all. He's just been beaten by Bane, and then he wakes up in the desert. And the dad is saying that, like, I mean, we, we learn that it's because he feels like they broke him in this one. But he wants to have helped Bane break Batman because he's basically trying to cure Batman of the addiction of Batman. And that's sort of like the 12 steps. Like you have to hit rock bottom and admit you have a problem. Yeah. And he was trying to help him meet rock bottom, but then also fix him by bringing his
1: mom back. So it's got to be Martha from Bruce's world. Presumably, but the only
0: corpse that exists.
1: I mean, two years or Thirty years. You guys know Both all know of more, more about
0: Lazarus pits than I do, but I don't know. If you, can you dump bones? Well, into so this it? is this no. is a super Lazarus <laughs> yeah, pit. This yeah. is the one that. Oh. He's oh. In. This is
1: the nine pit. Yeah. And a i n. Um, that
0: shot of the pit.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he's got to trade a life to bring her back.
3: Yeah, it's a it's the soul stone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they they bring one of the one of the dudes that. Um, They beat up in the desert, the guy that was supposed to protect the pit, down to trade. And when Bruce's dad finally opens up the coffin, it's full of rocks because at some point in the middle of the night, Bruce took his mom's body and uh, buried it in the desert where he'll never find it. And they have a big old battle, and at the end, one of them... Climbs out of the pit, and we don't know which. But
3: the best part is it's that Fox story from that gun yeah, issue. Yeah, right? I yep. how he incorporated it. And
0: that. I loved that we spent so much time trying to have a meaning for that, and we weren't supposed to. We were supposed to find meaning ten issues later. Like, yeah. that was great storytelling and That to, was to really me. well done. It up. also,
1: I think that this, this double-page spread of Bruce and his dad it's a Frank Miller reference no I think it's a reference to the last issue like the issue before this I think had an almost identical shot I can't say for sure but I'm pretty sure why would that
0: what would they be referencing just just maybe the
1: progression of the adventure right because at first I don't know I don't know it's a very familiar shot and I'm pretty sure it's from the last issue Hmm. I think it was
2: also like a
0: cover for that issue or something.
2: And familiar more than just being like the overall thing, being a reference to Bruce and, and Roz fighting in the desert back in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's There's definitely that too.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. I does, re- he's not wearing a shirt. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like so,
1: now. oh yeah, that's true.
0: And sand. So you, <laughs> um, so... So, two things. First of all, when this issue came in, you were like, I can't wait to read this if it's got more of Batman and his dad talking in the desert. I can't wait. And it wasn't exactly that. No. And then also, what struck me about this issue is that in the previous issue, I was so on board for it. I was like, yeah, like, they're going to bring this body back. Yes. And then as soon as we realized that Batman has switched it out for rocks and he buried that, I was like, yeah, no, duh. Right. And I thought it was interesting that I, un, like, un, subconsciously totally supported that move, but also I supported the move before it. And to bring her back? Yeah, because I was like, oh, sweet. Like, if this is our story, it's him and his dad going to bring back Martha. Like, what is that going to be?
1: I, I was into that scenario because I thought it would be cool to see Bruce and his dad actually team up to do something. Okay. I don't, like... The only reason I wanted to see them revive Bruce's mom was because that would be totally fucking bonkers. Well, it would
0: be bonkers and it would never work and I wouldn't want that to happen. Right. But to me, the idea of them working together to do that right. seemed believable. But then, as soon as it seemed apparent that Batman, like, that that, that was never on the table, that, like, that's, like, yeah. an, honest, honestly, like, offensive to Batman, that made total sense to me as well. But I didn't realize that that would have made sense to me as I was reading the previous issue. Yeah.
1: I liked how the the story that we read or that was read to Bruce and to uh, the beast about the animals killing themselves, Um, the end of that is the same as the end of this issue, right? Like, we don't know which, we don't know what happened down there. We know that they fought.
3: And one, we know one dies. We know
1: one, well, we know one's not climbing out of the pit. Yeah. Right?
0: And we don't, yeah. Did yeah. we know that the rabbit the, the fox, fox kills sorry, the and fox, we and we don't know
3: what happens to the fox. We know he was the last right. one alive, yeah. we don't know
0: if he actually makes it out or not. Yeah. Right. If he starved down there or makes it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I I thought this was really cool. Yeah. Where were you on this one?
2: Um I also thought it was really cool. And I'd for, if if and I'd forgot completely forgotten we had this fox story also with the KGB beast, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, that was 10 months ago whatever i can't remember oh, was that was the week was, that the venom um, annual came out was, yeah, I, yeah I've, I have no memory of that after but back. that's interesting um <laughs> and, and was bruce recount or thomas recounting that story in here was was a really effective thing um and i like the and i like how they paralleled that at the end and yeah i'm really curious who's whose gloved hand that is coming out of there um it's bruce carrying it's gotta Dad. be yeah it's gotta be bruce he
1: better not be carrying his dad. He made his dad eat his own intestines. <laughs> I would
0: say that I loved all of this. I was like, oh, shit, are we getting all of the text for that fable again? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, okay, maybe I'll look at the pictures and skim that. And I don't think that's a complaint, but... Um, if I skimmed anything, I, to me, that says something about my reading of it. But yeah. but, but, well, but, I, but, but I, I loved the story when it came up, and I loved that it, this referenced it. The
1: other it, thing about this series is that it, especially lately, and I don't know if I, I wasn't thinking about it like this from the beginning, but it's felt like you could jump in and read any one issue, and it would be a pretty self-contained story lately. And this one does, too. You could have read this without ever having read that other fable. And because they repeat the fable mm-hmm. here during the fight scene... Yeah, you're right. You know, you can tune out during that. But somebody who hasn't hasn't been paying as close attention and discussing this comic book for, uh, what, 150 weeks now?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, That's they, they wouldn't weeks. necessarily...
3: I agree with you that it was clearly put there to remind us if we haven't read that issue, but I do not feel like this book is a book you could just pick up a random issue. I totally agree. Batman yeah. with his dad going to a pit to revive his mom and talking about it like,
1: I I, had who's that his dad?
0: image in my head of if this was the one picture I picked or the book I picked up in this shot of two Batmans punching each other, I was like, what would I think? Just there's two Batmans? Like, what would I think? In this red, like, yeah. Re- yeah. But
1: they've, they explain the entire plot that's necessary to read this issue while they're doing
2: it. That it's his dad.
1: Right. Yeah. They explain that it's his dad. They explain that they're dragging his mom. They explain why they're doing it. I think and they th- explain I think his
2: dad mentions coming from another earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is a complete story. It wouldn't be a complete if, story if it had to be.
3: As one that would draw like
0: if, maybe if uh, a if a customer who's not reading Batman, like a new comic reader came in.
1: I wouldn't recommend and this. picked
0: this up. I mean, like you know, like that's to me. I always sort of assumed that like if you go to a grocery store and buy a comic, which isn't the really a thing anymore, but like if I were to, if someone would have just gotten me, the, hey, I got you the new Batman comic, right? You know, I would be like,
1: what the fuck? I would go backwards. Like for I would sure. make it my mission sure. to read more. Yeah, for sure. And and I wouldn't feel cheated out of anything here, other than the lady or the tiger. Ending.
0: I like finding, like, mm-hmm. I love jumping into comics and not knowing what's going on because I love getting online and, and reading that um, and, and finding that stuff out. There are I, there are many customers that come into our store where I would absolutely not s- say read this comic book.
1: No, I think the last Batman book that I would have done that with was all the way down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I
3: well, just like all the way here's down. the one
1: shot, the Elmer Fudd. Oh, or okay. the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. me. Yeah.
3: yeah, I showed that to Nick who's never read any Batman. He was like, Oh, what the fuck? This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who do that, boys? <laughs>
1: Uh, I would give this issue an eight and a half
0: I would give it an eight and a half also I loved it I'd also give it an eight and a half
3: I'm not going to punch my dad eight times out of the desert
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's Batman 74 by Tom King, Mikhail Janin and Jordy Belair
0: That's also a perfectly acceptable podcast episode 138
1: Man, In 138, we only got two more episodes before 140
0: Yeah, we're getting those voicemails and we're getting those emails and we really appreciate it um, but we, you have two weeks to get us questions. You can email them to us at info at thecomicsplace <laughs> Info at thecomicsplace or you can call our voicemail line at one six one nine six six three seven three three six. That's a lot of sixes. It is one six one nine six six three seven three three six. And if you're listening to this, please, please do uh, send us a question, because we've never done something like that, and you all listening have been enormous supports to us this entire time, and please don't stop now.
1: We don't. You know what we don't do? What? This for the money.
0: Yeah. Um, Justin, <laughs> uh, what else do we have to say to the folks? Write a review. I'm
1: Justin. <laughs> and also, I like...
0: Peanut butter. If you like uh, this podcast or you like our <laughs> store, you could also help us out by going on to Google or Yelp reviews and writing oh, a review yeah. for our oh, store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a thing that we could do. Um, anyway, two weeks till 140. Please, please, if you haven't sent us a question yet, if you're listening to this podcast, we genuinely want to hear. It could just be, a, hey, what do you like more? Marvel the DC and why? That's fine. Um, there's no question that seems more basic than us. We, we want to not talk. About ideas generated from the comments we read, we want to answer questions. So that's in any, any question would be great. Okay,
1: yeah. that that was I was going to ask like a, a komodo parting question, if you will. Oh, please, no reviews that week. Is that
0: is that right? It depends on how many questions we have. One forty. Okay, it might be okay. yeah one forty. We, we might try and squeeze. I we we're doing a big one fifty.
1: Oh, that's a different one forty is the.
0: So you haven't been listening. Yeah. Uh, 140 is an all... <laughs> to the all... podcast.
1: You've been listening tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the 140 is an all-question podcast. So oh, we're doing all voicemails and cool. all emails. So if you could get Aaron uh, or if you could just catch up on the last two months, um, <laughs> that would be awesome. And then get us a question. But yeah, we would like to get a bunch of people on here and to answer questions. I think we just kind of came up with that idea for the funds of it. But then 150 is the live episode where... Um, at an undisclosed. I know location. Roman's pumped about 150.
1: Roman loves being <laughs> on stage. Have you ever seen him? He can juggle. I saw him eat fire and swallow a sword. It's one the day. first
0: time Roman's ever been on stage, I can swallow, right? Flat, fire and and juggle
1: rats. Are you going to throw up beforehand? You
3: guys yeah. can come watch <laughs> right. Roman at this undisclosed uh, location eat salmon on stage. Have you ever, ever been ever... on stage before, For Roman? Romeo.
1: Yeah.
0: You have. Yeah. Okay. That's why I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> um, but have you ever been on stage with your best friends?
1: No. Well. That won't happen at 150, but you'll be well, up there with us.
0: <laughs> hey, uh everybody, I'm Jeff. And Ron, I'm sorry for calling you out about your Bendis opinions tonight. I'm not I wasn't <laughs> trying to shit on you. I just like people to be uh, no, I think uh afraid about their upfront about their
2: uh biases. Yeah, and I'm still confused because I love them on one Batman title. I yep, not yep, I yep. didn't like them on the other Batman title. How does he do that?
1: Well, but Naomi
2: is a two. Well, yeah, and no, I didn't care for that last issue. Where does but he I get
1: those terrible words? But I haven't cared, for the, I haven't
2: cared for the last few issues with Naomi. Peanut butter.
3: Love it. Justin, signing out.
1: You know what I
0: realized? What? Arby's? Yeah.
1: R-B's. Oh, you, come on. Roast How many podcasts beef. have I been on when you've given me the Arby's? I'm Django. Arby's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm Roman. I, I really like the, those peanut butter curly fries at Arby's. So you like give God. them more than a two? <laughs>
1: Actually, yeah, I would. Yeah. Peanut <laughs> butter curly
3: fries. I love both those things very much separate. I, is that a real thing?